0: Grab some of that tasty dessert that I slaved over. Ann's out of town, so I had to make that stuff. Just kidding. I bought that. Well, yeah, I bought that. If Honestly, I was going to get like Twinkies and Ding Dongs and stuff, so you guys would miss Anne even more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I didn't. Alas. I still went for like some kind of a pie sugary thing. But there should be decaf back there, there's tea, there's hot chocolate, there's creamer now, because Silas ran home and got it, because I forgot it, hey, Um, but yeah, come on in, grab some dessert, grab a drink, grab something, grab something, so first, my apologies for no game night tonight, yeah, well, last time we were together, I was like, hey, we're going to do game night, and then Ann was like, no, you're not, and I was like, what, we had this conversation out loud, and she is on a trip right now in Denver. She's at the museum, the, the big museum down there. And they're doing the, the night at the museum. So all the kids. Like, every time, if, you're, if you go to Breck L, Breckenridge Elementary, and when you get to be in fifth grade at the school, you get to go down for a night at the museum, which means, like, right around, I don't know, 7 o'clock-ish, Eight o'clock ish. They open up the doors. to kick everybody else out. They close down the museum, and they bring in all these kids from all these schools. And they hang out in the museum. They do all these different activities and experiments, and then they sleep in the museum, like in sleeping bags and stuff, in different rooms. And then you wake up the next morning, and you go to the IMAX and all this cool kind of stuff. So, Silas, Ann went with Silas when he was in fifth grade. I went with Lincoln when he was in fifth grade, and Tate's in fifth grade. And this is his. Big night, and so Anne is back down there hanging out in the museum with Tate. So she was pretty bummed that she wasn't going to be here for game night. And historically, let me just make the plug now. Every time we've done a game night at Mortal Life, attendance drops way down. Like way, way down. But we keep doing it. We keep hope alive. We do it. We still do it. People are like, well, why do you do it? Well, because... We're just going to continue to try and do this. So there will be a game night coming. It is bunko. It takes zero skill. If you can open and close your hand, you have enough skill to play this game. Because you put dice in your hand, and then you drop them. That's all you do. Pick them up, drop them. Pick them up, drop them. And then you have to get up and leave and go to a different table every now and then. But So anyway, it will be coming. But historically, knowing that attendance is so low, I was like, well, Anne would really like to be there. She really wants to play, because it is fun. and. We could use two more bodies. So Ann and Tate both are gone, and, and we need them for bunco night. You know, We need to make that happen. You've got to have a couple different teams of four to make the whole tournament happen, right? Because you sit down in teams of four, and you're never really on a team for long, because it keeps switching. So it's you and some other person, but then you get up and switch, and you and another person, you and another person. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So anyway, my apologies. It's not happening tonight. But it will be happening sometime soon. And then my other quick two announcements are, back in the back, I promised I'd put that connection list, the MTL connection list together. There is a list right now, currently, a big whopping nine people on the list back there that list their name and their phone number. It's alphabetical by our first names, because I figure that's the way to go, right? Because you guys know me as Phil, you know? And so, like, we're all on there, and it's our number. So feel free to call or text those people. Feel free to call or text multiple people on that list and get all of those people together. That would be cool too. But this is just another little action point piece for you guys to have. It's back on the table, it's got our names. There is a sign up if you haven't put your name down and you want your number and your name on that list, do that. That's back there as well. And then we've got Kent sitting in the back, he just came in. We, tonight after this meeting, we're gonna get together and talk a little bit more logistics and for realness about this Costa Rica trip. So if you could stay afterwards, or if we end early tonight and he's got a little bit of time, if you're not interested, that's totally cool. You can just peace out. But if you are, you can absolutely stay and hear what Kent's got to say, as well as let him know that you've expressed an interest in this and you're like possibly wanting to make that happen. So there's all my announcements for the night. Now, um, it's pretty funny. Like We just got back from a trip um, to California. Ann and I, we got to go to California for this weekend. We got to go visit a dear friend. It was her 60th birthday. And so we got to go hang out with her on her 60th birthday. And we always love kind of traveling together and leaving the kids behind. And uh, Ann's mom came out, and she was looking for some space. Her sister just recently passed away. And she was looking, honestly, to get out of town and have some quiet. And so she showed up. and. All the boys went to school on Friday, and she had the house all to herself. And we were like on a plane, and we were waking up on Friday in the San Francisco Bay Area. Never been before. So we get to play like tourists all day long in the San Francisco Bay Area. I had never been there. So, like, we hit the wharf, you know, and then we got to see that big square thing on Pier Whatever, where all the sea lions are like barking and wrestling one another. We got to see lots of street performers doing their thing, from break dancing to the older guys singing all the old songs, you know, trying to ask for donations to put his granddaughter through college tuition and stuff. And uh, we also went down that crazy street. I think it's called Lumbar Street. We walked down it. We also drove down it. That was fun. We got to do some of those fun things. We, of course, checked out the Delhi Square and all these different places. And we went all the way to that fort that goes right up under right up under the Golden Gate Bridge. Like we saw some surfers hanging out. It was amazing. I've never seen this. There's like literally an inactive fort that you can go all the way down. And you go through this crazy like old military area with all these houses that look the same. And apparently now there's like a big Disney group that's in there, like with Lucas and stuff. Like it's pretty weird. But anyway, you go through all of those and then you get to this inactive mine and you're hanging out and you're literally directly under the bridge. Um, Pretty cool thing. And then. Next day we woke up, we hopped in a Turo car. You guys know what Turo is? OK, go Google Turo if you ever need to rent a car, T-U-R-O. It's going to be way cheaper, and it's like sharing cars with other people. It's like the Airbnb of the car world, essentially is what it is. But we turo out a car, we headed over, drove over the Golden Gate Bridge, and then got to Mill Valley and hung out in Mill Valley. And then we get to play tourist again for another whole day in Mill Valley. So what do you do when you're in Mill Valley? Well, you check out this thing called the. Dipsy Trail. This crazy, like, first ever foot race, apparently in the United States. Like, they'll tell you it's the first. A couple of guys got together and they were like, We're gonna put together some kind of race. And we're just gonna see who can get to the beach first. And then they put together this crazy path that goes through now all of these weird houses and tons and tons and tons of stairs. And we're talking like, Stairs that are this tall, like a couple of inches, there's a whole section where they're like inches tall. And you're like, how do I even do these stairs? Then you get to this part where they've renovated stairs and put plaques on it, you know, and people sponsored all the stairs. And then you get to this other part that you're pretty for sure is original, and it's like rock, and they can be like a foot and a half tall stairs, like to two feet tall, back down to one foot, it's pretty cool. But we hiked that whole area, and then we got down to this place called the Muir Woods. And now, so here's my story with John Muir. Like, I don't really even know who the guy is, except that he was kind of some, I don't know, mid-19th century environmentalist. And he, like, wrote a bunch of stuff. And I do a lot of weddings up here, you guys know, and I quote John Muir a lot, like in ceremonies. You know, one of the things, I wrote down one of these, uh, one of these quotes that I read, oh, here it is. Because we're standing outside, we're on the edge of a mountain, Imagine there's 10 people at this wedding, and the bride and groom love nature, right? And so I say, as John Muir once wrote, Climb the mountains and get their good tidings. Nature's peace will flow into you as sunshine flows into trees. The winds will blow their own freshness into you, and the storms their energy, while cares will drop off like autumn leaves, right? That's like one of his quotes. And so this is all I really know of John Muir. And then we wind up in this place called the Muir Woods. And we start walking through. And this was just at one point I stopped and I just pointed my camera up like this, my phone. And I just took a picture of these redwood trees. Now, guys, I'm 41 years old, and this is the first time I've ever stood in the presence of redwood trees. I'm a youngin when it comes to traveling and being in a lot of different places. I've never seen a redwood tree in person until this past weekend. And I was reading up about them as I'm walking through. You know how most of them are taller than the Statue of Liberty. And they're really, really old. And they had one cut. They had, like a, they had a trunk and tipped on its side. And they put like dates you know, of things that had happened in the world on the rings. And you just look at how long these trees have been around. And you stand there. And it's so funny, because there's so many people walking through, but it's still so quiet. And everyone is talking at this lower volume. Everyone has this deep respect for, man, okay, so we can't be loud in here. We can't run around in here. This isn't the space where that kind of activity happens. So there's this other poet. I wanted to show you guys this tree. man, I love trees that I literally can't even begin to curve my arms around. That was intense. I never stood in the presence of that wide of a like, living thing. I mean, that was blowing my mind. Another poet, Pulitzer Prize winning, Mary Oliver, wrote this at one point in time. She said, my work is loving the world, which is mostly standing still and learning to be astonished. She also wrote this. When I'm among the trees, especially the willows and the honey locust, equally the beech, the oaks, and the pines, they give off such hints of gladness. I would almost say that they save me, and daily. I am so distant from the hope of myself in which I have goodness and discernment and never hurry through the world but walk slowly and bow often. Around me the trees stir in their leaves and call out, Stay a while. The light flows from their branches, and they call again. It's simple, they say, and you too have come into the world to do this, to go easy, to be filled with light, and to shine. So, like we walked for about two hours in this place. We just couldn't get enough of it. I mean, some people call it tree bathing. Have you heard that? Like It's this idea that like, when you're in the midst of trees and forests, that they're actually doing something for you that you just don't even realize. A lot of times when people have certain sicknesses, they're like, you need to hang out in the woods. You need to walk among the trees. You need to feel the dirt underneath your feet. And you need to get out there and make it happen. Now, it's like perhaps standing before these magnificent, living things, that we can begin to remember our place in the family of all things. It's like when you stand there and everybody has this reverence, everybody has this same spirit of, man, this is, this is something extraordinary, that somehow you feel connected to one another and also to what's like happening right in front of you. And so I was thinking about this whole idea of like being interconnected, this idea that like, man, there's this family, there's this great brotherhood, sisterhood, there's this idea that like we have a sibling relationship, not only to one another, but to like these tall, magnificent things, that somehow like I'm supposed to feel a relationship and feel care and concern for them and also for the people around me in all things. And so I'm caught up in this feeling. I'm feeling this unique role in this story. And I'm loving that everyone there sensed that that space was sacred somehow. And maybe they wouldn't put those words on it, but this was a place worth protecting. This was a place where we all understood how to behave. It was crazy. I didn't see a single piece of trash. Anywhere. And I was looking, right? I'm the guy who goes in there and I'm like, so what is this all about? And how are people gonna treat this place? And man, what is happening here? I loved parents, like with little kids, putting their kids in check. Be like, shh, 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 shh. no, not in here, not in here. So we go into that space and we sense something, we feel something, we're connected in some strange way, and when we leave, Here's what's even better. It goes with us somehow. And you start to see other things outside of that space differently. That's what I love about these kind of spaces. So as we begin tonight, I just wanted you to know how cool it is I think that places like this exist. (laughs) It's like. I mean, it's kind of my secret little hope for more to life over and over again. I, I read a decent amount, and I love reading that, like, there are thin spaces in the world, thin spaces such as when you go into that space, you can actually begin to see things the way that they're meant to be seen, the way that they really are. And so you step into the mirror Woods, and it's this thin space where suddenly this connection exists and is felt. There's something sacred happening here. We're not quite sure what's happening. But when I was out here, it didn't feel quite so thin. But now that I'm in here, it feels thin. And it's like my hope that more to life can be one of those thin spaces for all of us, that you can like step in here, that you can pause and reflect. And maybe as we talk about things, or maybe as you get a nudge or a challenge, that you can begin to. See thinly, right? And then once you leave this space, you take it with you. Because the truth is, I mean, every space should be thin. And every space probably really is. But so often, we just fail to see it. But suddenly, when we get caught up in certain spaces, it reminds us. It refreshes us. And what's so great is, once we leave those thin spaces, we get to carry it with us. We go back to our demanding, busy, cluttered lives (laughs) with refreshed eyes, and we can start to see things slightly differently. We can feel like that little bit of a connection. So that's just my little encouragement as we step into what I'm going to talk about here tonight. Because we need these thin spaces in our lives. We need to remember that all of us are essential, that all of us have a unique role, that all of us play a part in this story. And we need to feel that kind of interconnectedness more and more and more. Now, I'm going to put something up here um, for you guys. The holiday season is upon us, right? I don't know if you guys feel it yet, but I certainly do. Like from the ads to the stuff in the stores to everything that's happening. Now, this is the kind of season that can literally, literally Beat that feeling that I was just talking about right out of you <laughs> like it can just like smother it and kill it in ways that you didn't see coming and you just don't expect it now some things like I might say like there are essentials and sometimes when we're in those thin spaces everything gets boiled down to those essentials tis the season for non-essentials it's coming I don't know if you like felt it yet or what but I just saw the ad and many of you guys might have seen this ad I'm not even sure if I can get the sound up. Oh, man, I hope I can. Hang on, because I'm going to get this thing up here. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Um, Someone posted this ad today. I saw it. And I immediately thought, man, I've got to share that. But we'll see if we can even get the audio from floor plate C. Let's see (laughs) if I can bump this guy up. All right, let's check if we got it. Let me see here. Oh, yeah. Did you guys see this? see if I've got some. <laughs> he was looking at a Christmas catalog, guys. He was looking at a Christmas catalog. I'm a drummer, been a drummer my whole life. I started on one of these little paper sets. My grandmother gave it to me as a Christmas gift. And I set it up in my room, and I had dreams like this. I swear, I kid you not. (laughs) I mean, you guys get it, right? Okay. Okay. I'm not going to let the next minute play because all they do is like play and the crowd cheers and it goes nuts. And it ends, it ends with um, a catalog and talking about how it can essentially make your holiday season so much better, you know, because like in this catalog, you're going to find the things that like bring you together and it's, they're advertising Argos, it's a company. Isn't like, like this uh, European, yeah, it's like, yeah, actually, mm-hmm. it's like a store over there. Yeah, that has all these different products that you can buy, you know what I mean? Now, granted, like I'm just saying, tis the season. The non-essentials are going to be heavily highlighted and accentuated for the next month and a half, Easily. Those thin spaces are going to be few and far in between. Gets really cluttered and crowded and chaotic. And things that probably aren't really important seem very important over the next month and a half. And so I just want to remind you guys, as we're entering into this holiday season, you get to choose the path that you walk. You get to choose the path that you take. You get to choose the posture in which you engage this holiday season. And you can choose the thin spaces. You can choose to see thinly kind of every day as you wake up and as you engage one another and those around you, even though there's a lot of clamor and a lot of stuff happening all around you. Now I'm going to introduce you. We've got this word compassion. And compassion simply means being with suffering. Compassion, being with suffering. Now, does anybody see fam- something familiar about these two words? We've got compass and compassion. Any see something familiar? I hope so. Like if we just drop off a few letters, right? We've got the same word. Now, I don't know. These, guy, these two words share an etymological, etymological root. They share a root at the base that sums up these two words. Now, compass, you guys are probably already thinking, because I've talked about John Muir and being in the woods, you're thinking you know exactly what a compass is. But a compass to which we're really referring when we are talking about this word and what it really means and the root that these two words actually share isn't the modern compass that you use to find north and to guide you. It's actually the mechanical, mathematical compass. You remember this horrible device that you used probably back in first or second grade? and it had two prongs on it that became deadly in the wrong kid's hands. Right? Like, and like you would stick this thing down, and it made two points. And you were establishing the connection, the relationship between two points, and you could draw arcs and circles and things like that. So a compass, a compass is used to determine the relationship between two points. The related word compassion. Is about honoring the relationship between two people, one group or another group, and remembering those who suffer. Tonight, I'm just going to challenge you guys to consider two words that are called active compassion as we enter into the holiday season. Active compassion. Now... Active compassion is all about making a connection between the heart of my being and the heart of yours, and following that connection, actually taking action or doing something with that connection. It's when you see a connection, and suddenly you feel it so deeply that you're actually compelled and moved to take action. And now, most people consider compassion, and they consider, like, what is compassion's greatest enemy? Like, what's the biggest obstacle? What's the thing in the way? What's, what's you know, the antithesis of it? Like, and they say it's hatred. But I'm going to throw out something else. I'm going to throw out our narrow self-interest. How we get lost and how we actually sever the connections between us and others, or ignore them or turn them off. Because I think that's kind of the opposite of this connection that we're talking about, finding and establishing between my heart and someone else's. It's when you can actually feel something, and instead of feeling it and sitting with it, you turn it off. Now, again, I've said I, said I stand with a lot of people. I mean, like on wedding days, and I see all kinds of family come in for this. And what cracks me up about weddings is that people all get together, and it's this extraordinary moment because you're pulling together people that otherwise would not be together. They've prioritized a day, which doesn't happen a lot anymore, I guess, unless we have like this huge eclipse, and then people take off work and drive forever. But like they're prioritizing a day, and they get together, And people actually fight their emotions on this day. They actually stand up and cry and say things like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't want to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm trying my best. And here I am, this guy, and I'm like, dude, let it out. Like, I mean, how many times in life can you truly just let that flow? You've got an excuse. Here's this day. When we're talking about compassion and this being with suffering and establishing this connection as well as following it, sometimes we see things and it hits you in the chest or you feel it, but you quickly do something else to get rid of that feeling. You don't sit with the feeling because sometimes you're really just not sure what to do with the feeling. What if it's just meant to be felt? What if in feeling it, you're changed and you're transformed? Much like being in one of those thin spaces, what if your eyes aren't slowly seeing more and opening up just by feeling that feeling? So instead of turning it off and shutting it down or doing something else, I'm going to encourage you guys, active compassion would say, I'm feeling something right now and I'm going to sit with that and I'm going to feel it. And then I'm going to move on. I'm not going to just shoot it down or say, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm just going to, I'm going to enter into this space. I read this story about this guy who was traveling overseas and he was dealing with the refugee crisis and um, he's being away from his family. Meanwhile, and so he would, he would record things and send these back to his family, and he would tell them everything that he had done in the day. And he hit this one point when he was talking to his two boys and his wife, and he got choked up, and he um, <clears throat> cleared his throat and tried to start again and got choked up yet again, tried to do it all again, and then he just sobbed for minutes. And what's amazing is he didn't turn off the recording. And he sent that home, and his family heard that. Now, he was feeling something, and they were feeling something. He could have turned off the recording. They could have turned off the recording. But in not doing so, something was really happening. Eyes were opening, something was being felt, something was transformative in that small experience. Now, active compassion. Active compassion. The greatest obstacle is not hatred. Possibly, possibly the greatest obstacle is our narrow self-interest and how we sever those connections and we step away and we turn things off. And we pretend that we can actually live a full, awesome, deep-rooted life only by caring about ourselves. We pretend. But it's not really working so well for us. I mean, we've had a pretty self-interested existence for a few decades here, pretty much some of the peaks. And... A lot of people are feeling more disconnected and less fulfilled than ever before. So apparently, if I care about me, myself, and I, something is missing. Something isn't going right. Just saying. Putting that out there. Purpose and meaning. Now, Maroon 5 made this song. I don't know if you've heard it. It's a new one. It's called Memories. Have you guys heard it? Anybody heard it? I'm going to play it for you. I'm going to stop the recording. Everybody listening to the podcast, go listen to Maroon 5, Memories. Because it has the same chord progression as Canon and D. And I hear that song a lot, because I do a lot of weddings. So like again, it's like there, and it's built in. Here's what I want you guys to know about compassion, especially active compassion it's familiar to you. It has a sound that you recognize, simply because it feels deep at this, it feels true at this deep, deep level in all of us, and it feels like it's in the heart of all of our beings. And when we choose not to participate in active compassion, when we choose to kind of just be blinded and like, aloof and like sever those connections and like turn it in and make it inward and all about us, there's a part of us that simply isn't living. It's not alive. It's not receiving the air it needs. It's not breathing the way that our hearts are intended to. So no wonder that we don't feel like fulfilled or fully alive when we're not participating in active compassion. I truly believe that compassion is at the heart of our being, and it's waiting to flow out of you. Like it's it's there, it's a power we all possess, it's in us already, but we have to choose to let it flow. You have to choose to practice it on the daily so that we ourselves, as well as all of those around us, can experience the life that it does bring. And it can bring life in every situation, act of compassion. I just traveled down to the airport, taking Ann's mom back to fly out. And so Ann got to see her mom very briefly since her sister passed away. And then I got to spend two and a half hours with her in the car. And she, Ann, wrote me. I said, hey, I just dropped her off at the airport. She's like, how was the trip? And I said, traffic wasn't bad. There was lots of talking, lots of listening, lots of tears, lots of smiles. Active compassion transcends like every single experience we have on this planet. You know, this is something you can take with you into every situation, it's something you can always give to that other person in front of you. Just watched another episode of Queer Eye. Love that show. <laughs> and uh, I was watching Queer Eye in Japan, though. Queer Eye in Japan. One of the things I love about Japanese culture, um, and regardless, if it's true or not, I don't know, but I love how people bow when they meet one another. And I love that they say things like, I'm so honored to meet you. Ah. <sighs> because we just skip all that and say like, how you doing? Busy. Oh, I'm good. You know, like, like, if we just pause at the beginning and you, like, recognize, like, that there's this other creature in front of you, this, like, person who's essential in this story, you see, I'm so honored to meet you. Like, it's, again, it's stepping into that space. It's allowing yourself to see thinly and to recognize that other person in front of you. And I believe that that's a part of active compassion, honoring that other person the sacredness of that individual. You're like getting right to it. I think it's using your ears and listening to other people and letting them tell you your story. It's sitting and being with them when they do grieve and when they do suffer and when they are ecstatic and off the roof, like happy and joyful about everything in between. It can go into all of those different situations. So I'm going to give you a couple of active compassion experiments. And I don't know if they're any good, and sometimes I always default to the same stuff. So if I just get boring, do something else, you know? Like, you guys are probably sitting here, and you're getting ideas, and you guys get cool things in your head. Like, I'm sitting down trying to think of it, but right around the corner is Thanksgiving. It's coming up. And, um, of course, like, it's how do you practice being thankful? And um, you guys have always heard me say, like, gratitude, what a good practice, Again, that helps you step across that threshold into that space always. I once heard someone say that if you were going to pray one prayer for the rest of your life, the best one to pray would be the words, thank you. And if you could wrap your head around that prayer and learn to keep that on your breath and on your lips, I believe that that would change you as an individual, me as an individual, and not only trying to say thank you for everything, just just practicing that. I believe that that will help you then enter into the space of another human being and follow these connections with a different posture to those people. When you practice gratitude in your own life, it changes the way you enter into a space of someone else. There's a lot of people in the world that operate On the idea of scarcity, that there's not enough to go around and we're screwed. And like, if I don't get mine, there won't be enough. I'll be left out. I won't have anything. So, when you get a promotion, I kind of think that sucks because there's less for me. You know, like, when you get to travel, like, well, I didn't get to. And like, there's all these different feelings, but when you can say thank you, thank you, thank you, you operate less and less from that place of scarcity. Less and less from that place when you engage another human being and you enter into this connection, you can carry that compassion with you. You can listen to them, you can hear them, you can be with them in their situation and in their context. It changes things. It flips things. I'm going to suggest, eh, or the next month and a half, maybe you could host your own game night. Host your own game night. Now here's why. Why? We did a game night recently. We put it out to a bunch of people. Two people showed up. And you found Ann and I looking at one another in the last minutes, like in an hour beforehand, knowing that only two people are going to show up. And Gary's Gary shaking her head like, so what? What the hell? Like two people. Well, Ann and I were like, "Wow, well, two people. Like, is this going to be weird? <laughs> like uh, we were kind of hoping for like 10, you know? Like we were going to play like Telestrations or something. Like, we had some game ideas planned. And then, like, when it gets down to two people, you are like, well, I don't know how this is going to go. So we sat there. We started game night at 7 o'clock, which nowadays feels like midnight. <laughs> so we were all already feeling like, and it was the week of daylight savings. So I don't know if any of you, I'm still rebounding. And it was like 7 o'clock, so we started it. And these people showed up. and We are like, OK. Um, and so we, like, we sat down, and we played one game, one game. we closed the game and that game took about an hour seven to eight and then we talked from eight to eleven thirty the four of us just at a table and then afterwards like they texted ann and i and they both just said that that meant so much to us like we just we don't get conversation like that and and here's what just happened in our life and you know what i mean and it all just kind of You never know where some of this stuff will go. I want you guys to realize that active compassion can look like a lot of different things. Because again, what we're really talking about is establishing the relationship between my heart and yours, and following that connection, staying with it, and taking action. that can look like listening. That can look like talking, sharing. That can look like doing something, giving something. Um, It can be so many different things, but active compassion. Active compassion. I wrote down some other stuff. You could invite someone over for dinner. You could take someone out for lunch. You could write an anonymous affirmation card and give it to somebody and just leave it in their car, leave it on their window, drop it in a bag, put it somewhere, but put their name on it, and let them receive that. Two other things. We've got a ton of blankets. I did this wedding, and everybody up here is like, oh my god, it's going to be so cold. So they buy a bunch of blankets. And this couple bought way too many blankets, (laughs) because not 150 people came. We're like 80. You know what I'm saying? And then they let people take the blankets, but they've got a ton left over. And they look at me, and they're like, Phil, can you do something with these blankets? And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. We can definitely do something with those blankets. If you want to get really active, we are going to go down to Denver before the holiday season's over and we're going to pass out blankets downtown Denver. We did something like this a while ago. Cindy was there. We took down socks. How comfortable were you at the beginning of that when we did that? Yeah. Not super uncomfortable, but I just didn't really know what to expect. Yeah. And so, like, we walked around and we handed out coats, we handed out blankets, and we handed out a lot of things socks. And, like, it was, right, they're like, so you guys got a lot of those? Let me go get these guys. <laughs> like, and they start running around and grabbing more and more and more. If, if active compassion needs to be that intentional and that kind of targeted and directed for you, that's going to be available soon, right? And we'll put the date out for you guys, and we can go down together. And I think when we went down, we only had three of us. Mm-hmm. I think there were only three of us that did it. Um, And again, yeah, game night, we don't care if two of you show up or if all of you show up. We're still going to go hand out blankets. We're going to make it happen because it's another simple way that we can demonstrate and participate in that act of compassion. And that connection goes both ways, right? It's transformative for both people or both groups. Um, One other thing. What time is it? Oh, yeah, we're almost there. Um, I was going to throw this out there for you, too. I'm just going to be selfish for a second, but... um, we never do this enough here, but if you guys want to, um, we do have those more to life cards back there that you fill out and you put your name on it and information like that. But if you guys ever have like a something that you want us to send you good vibes, good thoughts, love, prayer, anything like that, just grab one of those and write it on the back. If you ever feel comfortable enough here to like raise your hand and like just say it. I believe there's tons of people here who would take that with them. And for them to practice active compassion can look like, I remember Phil, man, he said he's going through this. I'm just sending him love right now, right now. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to think about a situation and I'm going to be with him in that place. Active compassion. I'm experiencing tooth woes right now, guys, for a month. I had, like, a crown, then it turned to root canal, then it affected the tooth in front of that. I'm surprised I can't even talk, because I haven't been able to eat on the left side of my mouth for, like, a month. And it's getting old, and I feel horrible up here on a continual basis. So I would love any love and any prayers for this to get, like, settled, because I'm ready to pull four teeth. You know what I'm saying? Like, just rip them out of my head because it'll probably feel better. Who knows? But again, those papers are always back there, and you can always write that stuff down and share any of that with us. Perhaps active compassion looks like praying for someone, knowing what they're going through and sending them love, sending them good thoughts, directing that toward that person on a certain time during your day. So remember... What is deepest in us is sacred. It's like the truest spaces that we enter into, we realize that. We feel it, and we suddenly feel this interconnectedness. May you experience the compass connection that I've talked about tonight. May you be compelled to action through your compassion. May you be moved inwardly and also at the same time toward others in the moment that you experience and practice active compassion. It would be my encouragement to you this holiday season to not deny the light, the sacredness that is in you as well as in others. Don't let it get beat out of you this season. Don't let it get buried. Choose this path. Continuously and intentionally carry this light, this idea of active compassion with you in your life and for one another because I believe that we're all invited to pay attention to this moment and every moment, that we can step into that place. And so this holiday season, may you reconnect with the heart of your being at the deepest place with that idea of active compassion. Amen. All right, so now you guys really have to polish off those two pies I bought. Take a piece with you. Otherwise, I'm only home with two boys tonight, and we will put that stuff away. <laughs> and it will be bad for my teeth. So <laughs> grab some of that pie. We're going to be back in two weeks. I, it might be game night, but if it is, I will let you know. I'm thinking that game night is actually going to be the second December date for More to Life, because we have a better chance of more people missing that with. Traveling, and who knows what. But it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. I so promise. And then, uh, thank you guys for being here tonight and being a part of this. Go try and experiment with a little bit of active compassion. Maybe that looks like.